Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Blaine Weaver, an actor, writer, and director with a resume so wide-ranging that you'll even discover he voiced Peter Pan in Disney's Return to Neverland. I first reviewed the filmmaker's utterly charming 2009 romantic comedy Weather Girl before I saw Blaine having the most polite and professional freakout known to man in Paul Osborne's eye-opening film festival documentary, Official Rejection, when he was faced with technical chaos at a screening gone wrong, and I became doubly impressed by his integrity and ability to stay cool under unbelievable pressure. Reuniting with his good friend Paul Osborne as an actor for hire in a role written for Blaine in the film Favor, After Blaine wrote, directed, and starred in the dark romantic dramedy Six-Month Rule, he helmed the thriller Cut to the Chase and directed Santa Girl, a gifted screenwriter who co-wrote and acted in the Sundance hit Manic with Don Cheadle and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Blaine has written a number of films since, including Honey 2, as well as American Pie Girls Rules and Getaway, which he also directed, both of which are scheduled to be released in 2020. A man of many talents, I am so pleased to welcome Blaine to Watch with Jen. Hello, Blaine. Well, thank you so much again. So, Blaine, how are you doing and how are you adapting to quarantine life? Or um, pandemic life, since you're probably out of quarantine by now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I've been saying that I can no longer answer the question, how you doing? Well, you know, it's like I, know. I, I take it very personally. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> just, just say, OK, Blaine. But I, I can't. It's uh, I think it's been rough. It's been rough on everybody. You know, it's like some way worse than others. And uh I don't know. I wish I could say that I felt like we were coming out of the tunnel, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it just upsets me every day. And we're, we're about to star a film um, next week, which is, you know, very sobering, you know, when you think about the, uh, you know, things that are at stake and, you know, we're, yeah. we're following the SAG after guidelines and the state guidelines and they're extensive. And like, I've been, tested three times already and I'm going to be tested once every three days for the next four weeks. And it's an unpleasant test. Yes, (laughs) it is. Yeah. (laughs) Just the, the steps that we're going to, to try to keep everyone safe and to get to make a movie, you know, which is what I love to do. It's just going to be different than any set I've ever been on before because of that. So here again, you asked me a very simple question and it's, it's not simple. It's complicated. Uh, I'm excited no, to be getting back to work, but I'm, you know, I'm very sober about it. Yes. Well, I was going to say it's been a while since I've talked to you last, and I've seen some updates that you and your fiance moved to Virginia. Congratulations, by the way. Thank that you. is so wonderful. Thanks so and much. I- I know you're working as a teacher or you were working as a teacher and then I see you're writing scripts, shooting movies. So Blaine, do you, do you sleep at all or how do you get so much done? No. Like what is your secret? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, uh, my uh, fiance is obsessed with Hamilton and she's always like, see, you're doing that Hamilton thing. You don't stop writing. 
You're always working. You're, but you know, it's, you know, it's not work for me. It's, you know, I, I, I enjoy doing it, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm in a weird situation right now where I came out to Virginia three years ago, specifically to direct Santa girl, uh, which was oh, okay. a movie that shot on this location, you know, and we were using students as like support crew kind of thing. And cool. that turned into the school inviting me back the next year to uh, shoot a project there. So I came back and I shot Getaway, which is a horror film that um, was just finished. And then they offered me to be like a artist in residence. So that's why I'm here now. For Like we moved here for the year for me to be, you know, uh, artist in residence guy in Virginia and make this movie. And then when uh, COVID happened, uh, it just pushed the start back. Mm-hmm. And so now we're here it's summer i'm supposed to already be back in los angeles and we're trying to figure out well do we go to los angeles now with everything that's happening or do we kind of wait it out and uh, maybe i'm teacher guy for another year i think you're safer it sounds like la is in the same boat arizona's in right now it's just not good it's, so crazy. I, it's just so yeah. crazy and I, like i've never been in a time where i really don't know what yeah. two months looks like from now i, I know I no idea it's, very disconcerting (laughs) yes yeah it really is well i know you're a big superhero guy batman in particular (laughs) although you did make a really funny short about clark kent wasn't it toy oh my gosh i love that so much (laughs) about clark kent wasn't it losing lois lane was that that's right yes my first thing that i ever directed uh and uh, i had just done manic and manic was uh a very difficult shoot and oh. I didn't like the director at all. And I'm like, I want to direct my own thing, you know? And so yeah. Lois Lane was my first try. And, uh, and I, I loved it. I mean, you know, it's, it's a short film about uh, Clark Kent being depressed because he's been dumped by Lois Lane and he can't motivate <laughs> to go out and save people. So there's a lot of curse words. There's a lot of super friends jokes and I wear tights for 80% of it. And uh, I still think it's really funny. And it's, it's funny. It is how it's maintained like people still watch it and will comment on it yeah i think it was great it was so funny (laughs) when did your love of superheroes kick in first was it as a kid or did you get into it later absolutely as a kid i you know uh i was a huge superman fan when i was little like i for like five consecutive birthdays it was a super friends birthday party okay Uh, so, a uh, kid, I was Superman fan. Uh, when I hit my angsty years, I became a Batman fan. And yeah. Batman <laughs> has has stuck with me since then. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I have kind of these theories on life, you know, that, like, if you, you can kind of decide who you want to be, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I'm teaching college students now, so they actually listen to this as, like, advice. But it's like... <laughs> uh, you know, if you want to be Batman, you just respond the way that Batman would do it, you know, and uh, it's Batman and James Bond have been kind of like male role models in my life for like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> would James Bond wear that outfit? No, then I probably shouldn't, you know. Okay, <laughs> <kind of> gotcha. <laughs> I don't know if James Bond is the best one, but no, he's not. He's but not. he's hell of a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> So what do you think of all these superhero movies today? Are you into them? Are you like, they're making too many? You know, like if there's stuff, the ones that I don't care about, it doesn't bother me that they exist. But the Mm -hmm. ones that I do care about, I'm so happy for them, right? Like, yeah, 
the Avengers, I love Iron Man. I love, you know, those mm-hmm. are my favorite of the Marvel world. And unfortunately, I feel like DC has really dropped the ball. Yeah, they have. And it, it feels like to me like now they're telling ancillary stories with this plan of saving the good stuff for later. And it's like, why don't you just make the good movie right yeah. now? <laughs> and then you can, you know, try to make it into something else. I, I'm looking forward to Matt Reeves' Batman. I, I was just yeah. reading um, The Long Halloween last night. I don't know. I haven't read comic books in years. But uh, when I was home, I found all these graphic novels that I hadn't read in forever. And so I brought them home with me because I'm still a big superhero fan. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you read that last night. Were you digging it? Oh, yeah. I, I, it's yeah. great. And, you know, they, there's rumors that it's what the the batman might be based on so who knows okay but i thought it was great awesome well you worked with john crier on weather girl did he apologize for that line in pretty in pink when he said your name sounds like an appliance (laughs) you know what's really funny is that uh we shot weather girl and he was only there for one day but part of that day we had to change locations and we were in Los Angeles. So we were in the a car, as they say, you know, and so it was myself and the lead actress, Trisha O'Kelly and Love John her. Cryer. Yeah. She's great. Isn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just in the back seat sitting with John and we were in the middle of traffic and I broached it. I said, okay, <laughs> you know, you know, my name's Blaine. And he, he says, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I made fun of your name. Like oh, no. 30 years ago, People named Blaine come up to me all the time demanding apologies. I'm sorry. But it was really funny. <laughs> He's a great guy. Really funny in real life. And also, I mean, anybody that was in Weather Girl, like we had this great cast, you know, that uh, yeah. Jane Lynch and Mark Harmon and, uh, you know, uh, I can't even think of everybody. But they all did it for nothing. Like mm-hmm. not not one person got paid a legitimate amount of money on that movie. So you can watch that and think every single famous person that you see is a true artist and was totally into doing an independent film just because they liked the script, which is awesome. Well, we were on the same wavelength because I was going to say how much I loved the cast in that movie. And you actually always work with such great actors. Do you think you approach directing differently as an actor? And what is one thing you wish all aspiring directors knew about how to collaborate with actors? Those are good questions. Um, I, I like to think that um, I come at directing as an actor. You know, I, I think that I, I started writing because I was writing scenes that I wanted to play. And, you know, that started as like, I'll play this character and I'll do that. But it has grown into I'm playing every character and trying to think, what's the scene that actors would kill for right here? And like, what's the drive, right? And so directing, it's the same way. It's about trying to take their performance and build like this arc and collaboration is huge for me. I I love when people come in with their ideas and then we can build on that. And of course, I think as an actor, I'm always the most comfortable when I feel like there's nothing I can do that's wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I would want directors to really know is that your actors are better if they feel comfortable enough to take risks. And I feel like I've worked with certain directors who are just like, do it, do the thing, and then don't change anything, and then let's get out of here. And like, I don't think that if if I'm nervous that you're going to, you know, not like what I'm doing, it's not going to be near as exciting as if I know that I can bring my A stuff 
And if I go too big or if I go too small or whatever, we can adjust it. But we ha- you have to have that freedom. And I think that a lot of directors that come from cinematography or from editing instead of from acting or writing, uh, mm-hmm. that I, I don't know that they know that. That's, that's something I would implore them to understand. <laughs> Gotcha. No, that's really good advice. Well, I usually ask people their favorite movies, but I'd really like to ask you who are some of your favorite actors and who would you love to work with that you haven't? Uh, Putting you on the spot, Blaine. Oh, no. There's so many. And, you know, I have this uh, unnatural fear of not knowing someone's name. Like, it's out of nowhere. I know do that, too. Yes. Like, it's like when every time I do a Q&A or whatever, like after a movie, like I know my movie star's names. I'm terrified. I don't introduce them. I let them introduce themselves because I'm like terrified <laughs> of what that would be like if I said their name wrong in the, um, but I, you know, I love actors that have that kind of X factor of like, wow, that, what a, you know, obviously Daniel day Lewis does something that I almost don't understand. Yeah. He, he goes so deep and he's so different every time. I think that, um, see, this is what, this is why I'm bad at this. Uh, what, what's the guy's name who played Commissioner Gordon? Uh, Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. Gary Oldman, man, like just to watch him kind of disappear. But I also really respect actors who kind of bring themselves into it so much, like a Robert Downey Jr. or something like that, where it's like try taking his greatest roles apart from who he is. And you can't really, but he's so alive and you never know what he's going to do. And that's what I try to impart, you know, to students or young actors is like, you know, being alive on screen where the, the audience is watching you and doesn't know what you're going to say next. You know, yeah. that that's really that thing that keeps us watching. And it's a gift, you know, because some it people really just is. just can't do it. And some people just can't not do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, for sure. Well, I talked to Paul Osborne on Monday. Yeah. How and- was that? It was so good. He told so many Blaine stories, but don't worry, they were all good stories. <laughs> I doubt that's true. I really do. Oh, no, they were hilarious. Like, I didn't even have to bring you up just within two minutes. I have this buddy, Blaine, and I'm like, Blaine Weaver. And so, <laughs> yep, we went right off of it. It was so much fun. But I asked him about Clip Joint because I'm hoping somehow we can get somebody to back this movie. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? So... Yeah, let's get someone to bankroll it and get it made. So, do you guys have any future collaborations planned? Not right now. I was actually. What's funny is I was literally thinking about that today. I was thinking that oh, wow. you know, I would love to do, um, you know, because I've directed three movies in a row where you know I I've done a play in between each one, but I haven't acted in uh, a movie since Paul Osborne's Fluorescent Beast, which I did. I guess it was two years ago. Um, but like, I really want something where I can also act in it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, maybe me and Osborne could put something together real quick and, you know, just brainstorm like we did with clip joint. I, I would love to do, uh, that film. It's a gritty, great, you know, great part. Uh, you know, and I, I want to direct it, but you know, maybe Paul directs it. I don't know. Like, you, guys you know, can take turns. Yeah, man, I, I respect him so much. Like, there's very few people that I would step aside, you know, from directing for because it's so much fun and I like it. <laughs> you know? But uh, I certainly know he has the talent for it. He, he's a great one. That's cool. What is the movie you're about to start shooting now? It is a Christmas movie. So it's the same company that made Santa Girl, uh, which Santa okay. Girl. Um, got a little theatrical release and then uh, premiered on Netflix before Christmas this year. And uh, it did really well. 
and they oh, really cool. liked it. And so they want a, you know, how it is in Hollywood. Get, make that thing that you made already and make it again. Um, <laughs> but of course, we don't do it that way. We want to make it different. But it's a, it is a romantic Christmas movie, and it's called uh, A Cupid for Christmas. And it's okay. kind of a mashup of Valentine's Day slash Christmas movie. And uh, very charming. Uh, we have Richard Kind, uh, who's oh. in it. And uh, uh, Melanie Stone is this great young actress who's uh, playing the lead. And uh, we're really excited. I mean, literally, we start in a week. And I'm like, ah, I got oh my, my, gosh. my... And it's funny, uh, just thinking about this today... I love working with actors. I love being on set with them. And this is the first time ever. They're probably never going to see my face the entire time that they're here because oh, we yeah. isolate so much and they go back to their hotel and we bring them boxed food and blah, blah, blah. And they show up just when it's time to act and take their mask off, put their mask back on and then they go away. So it's going to be very different from most movies. Gotcha. Yeah. So is it the type of thing where it's the middle of summer and they walk around with parkas on and they're yes. like, dying yeah of heat it oh, is no. exactly it, it was gonna be much less offensive in march but now it's just going to be hot and crazy and you know oh, no. trying to stop people <laughs> from sweating their faces off yeah oh so, no it's it's christmas can't you see ignore the greenery around yeah. my makeup's melting because it's so cold no. right exactly <laughs> Yes. Well, you also <laughs> mentioned Getaway, which mm-hmm. you said was like a horror film. Yeah, it's a okay. slasher movie. It's a. Uh-huh. That's it's interesting a for you. Throwback. It was brand new for me, uh, but something really exciting. It's a throwback kind of meta film uh, focusing on 1980s style slasher movies. So it's got a kind of a sense of humor about what it is. But we just premiered at the Dead Center Film Festival, and uh, we are. Uh, kind of in the middle of a little, a little tiny bidding war right now for the rights, which is exciting and uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to hear it. So, what is your writing process like? I always admire how many scripts that you seem to get made behind the scenes, or you're hired for things like American Pie. Let me see if I can get the title oh, right geez. on one try. Girls <laughs> Rules. Right. I must have recorded that intro like 50 times. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, girl rules. No, <laughs> girls rule. <laughs> but I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine the internal back and forth that we had about that. That was the that title, title. I got I got hired <laughs> on for it. You know, and I'm like, is it girl rule? Is it girls rule? Or is it? <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but my process is that I sit down and do it. You know, it's like um, I think the work. Uh, ethic is the key to it for me is like I have to do the writing and you know most writers are really lazy and I am one of those where I'm like I need to think about it for a long time and for some reason I just can't get around to it and usually I'm pretty good at actually sitting down and hammering out that first draft because you know can't do anything until you got that structure there Mm -hmm. um but I've been lucky enough to be able to write my own stuff and get my own stuff made and then also writing for other people because sometimes that's really freeing of like, this isn't my idea. This is your idea. I'm going to take it and try to execute it as great as possible, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and that sometimes takes the, the restraints off of like, well, OK, th- this is not my kind of movie, but how do I make this into something that I would love? Yeah. You know? No, that's very cool. 
Well, you were also a child model. I've seen some of the adorable <laughs> old photos. I'm just embarrassing you all over the place today. No, but the retro catalog poses brought yes. back so many memories of the time I found my mom's like old modeling book from the 60s oh, with really? advice like, yeah, like walk around with the books on your head and do the thinker or all these different poses they had. So what was that like and how did you first make the jump to movies? Because weren't you in like Lonesome Dove or am I getting that? Something like that. It, it was Something a movie like called that. The Good Old Boys, but okay. it had Tommy Lee Jones in it. It was in Lonesome That's Dove. That's what's making me We think shot of on the same like uh, little cow town. But uh, basically my story is uh, I, I started doing children's theater when I was five years old and it mm-hmm. was kind of my softball. It was my soccer I never did any of that other stuff. I did three shows a year from the time I was five years old until I was 14. Oh, and wow. During that, that's how I got the occasional modeling job for a thing because they were looking <laughs> for actors and stuff. And I'm like, I'm an actor. <laughs> um, but I did that forever. And then I was in Louisiana and three hours away was Dallas, Texas. And that had a small commercial world. So I started – my mom would drive me the three hours to audition – get in the car, drive three hours back home, and randomly, still don't understand how this happened, but I got a TV movie of the week, uh, a lead role that shot in Australia. So oh, wow. my junior year of high school, I took off six weeks and went to Australia and, and made this TV movie. And then I came back, finished out high school, and thought I was the coolest guy in the world because I had been <laughs> You were and James Bond. Yeah. I was James Bond. Yeah, See? you actually went to a different country. I mean, come on. It works. It's I, the same thing, It's Blaine. exactly the same. I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> uh, but then after that, my next job was that cowboy movie, which was okay. so awesome. I mean, it was me, and I was surrounded by Tommy Lee Jones, Sam Shepard, who I know you oh love Sam Oh, my God. Shepard, yes. Matt Damon, uh, Frances McDormand. Like, this cast her. was amazing. And they all had to talk to me. Because I was there and I had nowhere else to go, you know, so I got to learn all of this stuff. And I I like to say, honestly, that I was inspired by Tommy Lee Jones, who was acting and directing the movie at the same time. And I'm like, that can be done. I've seen it done now and changed what I thought could be possible. And by Matt Damon, who was writing Goodwill Hunting at the time. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to write the movie for me to star in an act, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like getting I was 18 years old when I was out there with them and middle of nowhere, every meal we had together, you know, every weekend we would have together. And it was this great learning experience that like I have no right to, but I just kind of fucked out. And uh, and it honestly changed the course of my life, I think. That's incredible. Did you get any really good advice that you want to share to aspiring filmmakers or actors? You know, uh, from that experience, it was really just watching them and how uh, they behaved. You know, it's like um, like Sam Shepard, you know, uh, we were out uh, at a restaurant and Matt asked him about his new Broadway show. And I had no idea Sam Shepard was a playwright at that time, you know, and I, oh, I was wow. like, oh, you write plays? And Matt just hit me in the leg and is like, just listen, <laughs> just listen. But um, I, I think what I learned the most from that experience is that you don't have to be just one thing. Mm-hmm. Hollywood, everyone wants you to be that one thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Like whether even in writing, they're like, no, no, you write romantic comedies. That's mm-hmm. what you do. And I, it, it really does take an awful lot of guts to stand up to that and say, no, that's not actually true. I can do whatever. You know, I can. Uh, I'm a writer. I can write anything. I'm a director. Mm-hmm. I can direct anything. I'm an actor. I want to act everything. 
and I think that's the advice is to don't let yourself be put into a box, you know, do mm-hmm. what you feel like uh, is your calling. That is really wise. Yes. And you've done that throughout your career, which is very cool. <laughs> With everything going on, I don't even know if you've had the time, but have you been watching anything good lately? And is there anything you'd like to recommend? I really like Perry Mason. Uh, I oh, just the new started one? watching that. Mm-hmm. And, I need uh, to start it. Yeah. I really, I really like it. Um, and what else? What else have I been watching? Uh, I like that Dirty John show. That's uh, oh, okay. Uh, Cherish is really into that and uh, thinks that I look just like Christian Slater, which I'll take because he's a good-looking yeah, man. Yeah, you uh, bet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mostly, I've been doing a lot of movies, a lot of old movies that um, have somehow missed my uh, radar. You know, for mm-hmm. the past 20 years or so, 20 years for, for my life that I've never seen. So I, I've kind of I've watched some John Wayne stuff. I watched some old Clint Eastwood Westerns. Um, yeah. But it's it's fun to go back and like see why Steve McQueen was a movie star. You know, it's yeah. like oh, now I get it. That kind of thing. So I, I've been doing a lot of old school stuff. What about That's- you? Have you been watching anything? been watching a lot. It's interesting you bring up Steve McQueen because I was talking to an author late, uh, for this recently, David Handler, and his mentor was William Goldman. Oh, wow. And after we finished recording, he's like, oh my God, I forgot the best Steve McQueen story. And I guess it was on a Steve McQueen, I'm not going to get the movie name, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but late 60s. Uh-huh. William Goldman was told, if you visit the set, don't set down anything that you want to keep. Because McQueen was kind of eccentric. And one of his things was he was just a klepto on the set. Like, (laughs) he would just randomly take things. And I think he thought he was joking, but people could never find it again. And I just get a kick out of that. Like, Steve McQueen, in addition to being, like, the coolest guy ever, was a total klepto. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. I know. Yeah, it was a great story. So I've been watching a lot lately. If I'm doing research for something, I do way too much research. And then I try to sprinkle in old favorites, stuff I haven't seen in forever, and then new stuff as well. Do you have a favorite streaming channel? Or do you just kind of oh, I go wherever over? I go wherever it takes me. Uh, you know, it's like I, I love yeah. the options. I've and like I said, because I've been watching old movies, I've been buying stuff just because I'm yeah. like, I'm going to watch that, you know. Um, I don't have a favorite, but I, I, I love it. I love how it's all right at our fingertips. It's very exciting. It really is. I know. I think right now I've bought more DVDs and Blu-rays during this time period than I probably had like the six months before because right. it's just like, what else are you going to do? And it gives you a sense of purpose. Like, no, I'm giving back to the economy and I want to yeah. see that stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're part of the solution, man. <laughs> I know. We're solving problems right here. Solving problems, boosting up the economy and art. Come on. I know. Yeah, it's total James Bond again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We are saving the world, Blaine. That's what we're yeah. doing today. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me think. You are wailing through these questions. So I'm trying to think. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Let's do it. Favorite movies. Favorite movie ever, Casablanca. Best oh, movie, wow. best script. Uh, okay. you know, it's it's really more of a script movie than it is a performance movie, but uh, I is. love those two. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a big sucker for, you know, the Godfather, Goodfellas, Casino yep. world. 
Um, but I, those are my, you know, those are my go-to favorites. What are yours? Oh man. The Godfather. I usually, it's a total cop out, but I say the Godfather trilogy, which I know the third. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I know the third people like hate that movie. But I think the thing is my mom on their side of the family are Italian Americans. We would watch the trilogy like every Christmas and I hated that one for years. I was like, oh, my God. You know, the best thing about it was, like, Connie being Gloria Swanson mm. and Andy Garcia just being Andy Garcia. Andy but, Garcia was awesome in that movie. Wasn't he? Wasn't like, he? He was, like, the reason. He was, was like the a reason. badass. Yeah. Yes. He was really good. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I give you Andy Garcia's performance, but pretty much that and they keep pulling me back in. I know. It's, it's like, really choose some more scenery. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Boy, that Andy was the Garcia. beginning of, of that stage of Pacino's. The hoo Yeah. Hoo-ah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, stop screaming, Al. Yeah. <laughs> no. Andy Garcia was the coolest there for a while. He was, you know, Untouchables, and that whole era yeah. uh-huh. was just super cool, that's, Andy that's Garcia. Yeah. I like too many, though. I kind of... Vertigo is one, and then I go Singing in the Rain. So I just I like too many movies. Yeah. No, it's okay. That's that's why you do what you do. You know. No. <laughs> um, now yeah. wait a minute. You don't have one Peter Pan question for me. I was convinced there was going to be at least a Peter Pan question in here. Yes. Yes. So how did you get that gig? Uh, it's again. I went. To, I was in L.A. And I went to my theatrical agent's office, as you sometimes do, just to bother them and remind them that you're alive, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't had an audition in like a month or something. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, uh, here, uh, go down the hall and audition for this cartoon. So I'm like, okay, first voiceover audition ever. So I go down the hall. Uh, the guy does not know who I am. And I'm like, you know, uh, Wendy said I should come audition for this. And he's like, okay. And what they were doing was they were doing voice matches for the original Peter Pan movie. Uh, And in the original, Cubby, who's one of the uh, Lost Boys, he was voiced by a grown-up that had like this kind of goofy kind of voice, kind of like, hey, that's how I ever talks. So they were auditioning grown-ups. So that's why I was even in the room, right? So I went to audition for Cubby, and I felt immediately really stupid because I don't really do voices. I'm not – I don't think that's one of my skills, right? And I'm like, I – I feel dumb. I can't really do this, but I can, I can do a kid. Like, have you cast Peter yet? And he's like, no. And so they, he gave me Peter. And to me, Peter always sounded like, uh, Wally Cleaver from, uh, leave it to beaver. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. So it's like, I did my, the voice with the 1950s. Oh, geez. Kind of thing, you know, and that <laughs> kind of clinched it. And then about six months later, I got a call from my, from the agency and they're like, Hey, are you repped here? And I'm like, yeah, you're calling me. And they're like, yeah, but like, we don't know who you are. We just have this audition and you've been called back to Disney like three times. And nobody knows where you are because I had left. I wasn't with the voiceover department. I was with the theatrical department and nobody had kept track. You know, they just had my name. So anyways, uh, but I booked it. And uh, so that was for return to Neverland. And uh, that was 2000. And I've been the voice of Peter Pan ever since. So I do, uh, you know, aside from the movie and any cartoon TV shows, I do video games and I do rides and 
I went on a Disney cruise not too long ago and I heard myself in the restaurant. And so it's like Are the greatest serious? job ever. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so cool. And it's like the one thing that you don't think about is that nobody understands. Children don't understand at all. Adults yeah. think it's cool. But like all my when I first got the job, pretty much all of my friends already had kids and they were like, hey, this is Peter Pan. And they're like, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all very disturbing to them. But the cool part now is that, you know, that I'm doing this uh, college professor thing, which I've never done before. All of those kids watched me when they were kids. And oh, so that's wow. kind of cool. That's like they know the movie. It was on Disney Channel or whatever when they were little. So they have that uh, and they know the movie. So I don't know. It's cool. It's one of my favorite things. Very and I'll do it as long as they let me. I love that. No, I think probably even before Weather Girl, I pro well, I'd seen Manic, but I think I probably had reviewed some Disney stuff uh -huh. that had the Peter Pan voice. And so I probably heard you before I even knew who you are, Blaine. Yeah. Did you do any <laughs> other voiceover stuff or just Peter? I've done little things. I've done lots and lots of like radio commercials and stuff like that, but nothing anywhere near the same world as, you know, Peter Pan, you know, um, it's an iconic job. I mean, working for Disney in that aspect at all is, I highly recommend it. It's really cool. You know, to have a toy yeah. that speaks with your name, with your voice or something is just, you know, kind of life changing just in it's, uh, how weird it is. Um, but it's, like I said, it's not the career that I've always wanted. It's not the thing that I get up in the morning and chase after. It's just really neat. You know, yeah. it's, and like being something that different generations have appreciated, you know, I mean, and there'll be somebody after me and there were, you know, guys before me. And I, it just feels like you're part of something that's kind of big and kind of nice, you know, very much. I didn't know if you were going to be like, dude, that was 20 years ago. I don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> I did write some down and then I was like, ah, I don't know. So I love that you want to discuss it. That's oh, so no, cool. I think, I think it's fun. And it's like people always get a kick out of talking about it, you know. So like, again, like I'm I'm very proud of my films. I'm very proud of screenwriting and acting and stuff like that. But the funny thing is my joke is always like, yeah, whatever happens, whatever movie I make, you know, when I die, I'll be the voice of Peter Pan died today. It won't. Oh, be. my gosh. <laughs> Don't see the, that. Yeah. The director of Getaway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. When you were doing the recording of it, did you get to do, like, trying to think of the right way, your physicality? Mm -hmm. Did they incorporate any of that into the animation at all? Or were you just strictly voice? They did film me a little bit. Okay. But, like, you know, because we, what Disney loves to do is consistency. You know, they yeah. want consi consistency in the character. So I don't think that they were really going to change anything around me from what... Uh, you know, the the original cartoon was, but they did film me to see how I do things. So who knows what they do? I mean, it's magic what they do over there. But uh, I mean, super fun. Took me three years, I think, of recording before oh, the movie wow. came out. I never thought the movie was going to come out with me in it. I really they they had this thing. We did a, a full read through of the movie uh, with an entire cast and then they fired everybody but me and Captain Hook. And so, like, I didn't feel very good about my job security. And I was no. convinced that they were just using my voice to animate. And then they were going to, like, hire Michael J. Fox or somebody famous to <laughs> bring it home, you know? 
Yeah. But uh, oh. I didn't know I was gonna. It was gonna be me until I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, hey, it worked. <laughs> this guy sounds great. He yes. sounds amazing. <laughs> when you record, are you solo or do you get to act opposite Captain Hook? Usually, for for like the the basic recording that we did of the whole movie, we got to play opposite each other. But then oh, the fun. rest of the time, it was almost exclusively single. You know. Okay. Because they really break it down. You say the same line like 50 times. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Do they give you pretty distinct line reading? Or could they you? Can. They yeah. can. I mean, you know, and th- those guys that are directors on shows like that are, they know the character so well. And That's like a lot true. of the jobs I do now are for Disney character voices, which are like for, like, say, my voice is on um, the Disney, uh, what's it called? The, the fireworks show. And so there's oh, a cool. whole show that happens and there's somebody who's directing the show and then there's somebody else who is just we have to keep this peter now you know and you know that peter won't say this but he'll say this and you know you're you're a little your voice is cracking a little much bring it down you know yeah the historians of the voice kind of and they know it so well and it's like i've been doing it for so long and it's funny how they'll sometimes remind me of like i don't know if that's peter as much i'm like that's a good point you're right (laughs) You're right. That's so funny. You know, in a weird way, it kind of goes with the James Bond thing again. A guy who needs to grow up and Peter Pan doesn't want to grow. I mean, very you're kind of, yeah, there's a through line there. Yeah, Batman is also stunted, you know, he from is. his childhood trauma. Yeah. Hello. Walking home from the theater with his parents, which we see in every single movie. It's like, okay, we kind of know what happened to his parents you by now. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> The pearls went to the ground. We pearls know it. Break. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Well, what are you hoping for the most in the upcoming Batman movie? I, I'm really excited about a rogues gallery of bad guys without it being, we're going to focus on these two and not give either of them enough time. You know, okay. I like the idea of like, we're working through like all of these bad guys. And I think Zoe Kravitz is going to be great as Catwoman. So yes, I think I'm, she's so talented. Yeah, yeah. Me, too. me too. She's great. Um, I just, you know, something dark and serious without the silliness, you know, it's like, yeah. if we can stay away from the, the, the corny Schumacher, you know, kind of, interpretation, yeah. I'd be happy. Yeah. I was going to say like, I hope it's more, the original Batman, well, not not the original Batman in the 60s, but like Tim Burton Batman and yeah. less Schumacher Batman. Yeah. Rest in peace, Schumacher. I love your other work, but not that. Yeah, no. yeah, me too. But, man, I just liked intensely Batman versus Superman. I was so disappointed. Oh, gosh, yes. And it's like, you know, this big push to do the, the Justice League director's cut. I'm like, okay. But, you know, I, I think that the director should have his vision out there, especially if it's sure, that different. But, but we saw Batman vs. Superman, right? Like, you saw yeah. that. Like, <laughs> and you want more? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, there are some major flaws in that movie that were – some of them were just silly. Like, the thing that always stands out to me is – uh, at the end of the movie, the big conflict, you realize that Metropolis is over the river from Gotham, which is the yeah, dumbest like, thing I've ever heard of. Obviously, I Superman know. could take care of all of it if he's yeah. just over the river. So <laughs> stupid. And through the damn woods. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no. Totally different thing. Different, so, different. Yeah. So, okay. Superman. 
do you have a favor? Is it still Christopher Reeve? I think, what do you think of the new ones? Uh, you know, I, I really, I think if Henry Cavill walked into a, a room, I would say that guy looks how Superman should look. And I yes. love him, but I, you know, Man of Steel, again, I felt it was made by people who don't really understand Superman. And I think he's pretty easy, but yeah. like watch Superman one here's, and somebody, I was in an argument with, with a guy one time. And so this is not my argument, but it was a good one, but he's like, go watch Superman two. And when the aliens pick up the school bus and are getting ready to throw it, Superman goes, no, not the people. And the alien guy says, oh, he cares about them. That's it. That, needs that to is Superman. Every single frame of your movie is like yep. he doesn't need to care about them, but he does. And it's his it's his uh, his fatal flaw. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what he is. The core yeah. of Superman. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they get it. They don't get it. They need to call you. I know. Hey, man, like, no kidding. Like, I know every time I go see a bad comic book movie, I get so enraged because (laughs) not just me. There is a army of writers who, like, became writers because of their uh, love of these kinds of stories, you know, our modern mythology. And it's like, choose any of them that actually like it. Yes. You know, if they like it, they will give you a bang up job. You keep choosing people who seem to be above it in their mind. Yeah, that's true. You you look at Marvel. They love the stories they're telling, you know. Yeah. And they're going to milk every care. I mean, I can't believe there are two Ant-Man movies. I really can't. But no, it it makes somebody happy. (laughs) But (laughs) they're telling it with all of the excitement and exuberance about that character that there is. But then you see like Birds of Prey just looks like the laziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I, I didn't see it. so I, I haven't seen it yet either, but I didn't like Suicide Squad at all. So, yeah. Well, we'll see what, what Gunn does with the new Suicide Squad. Gunn That's is a true. talented guy, and he mm-hmm. loves the stuff. So, I mean, I never thought I'd like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw the that- trailers, and it didn't interest me at all, as you know, and I saw the movie, and I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> it is kind of like an Indiana Jones, or it has that sort of energy, <laughs> or Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah. yeah, but with 80s music. I mean, they kind of just put it all together. Can't go wrong. No, they can't. Well, hopefully somebody's going to hire you for this, and also bankroll clip joint. Yes, I mean, well, if I somebody think... hires me to write a superhero movie, I can probably bankroll clip joint myself. <laughs> yes, you can. Well, I want to hook you and Paul back up. you got to make something soon for us. I, I will do my best. I promise. Okay. It's my favorite thing to do. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for this, Blaine. It was so enjoyable. And I wish you the greatest success on your shoot. Hope everyone stays safe. And I hope it's great and not too hot with all those parkas. Right. Thank you so much. It's always great to talk to you. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends.